ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne, perfume going in, sewage coming out. He's with us a little earlier this week, but we'll take him. Key account executive, Southern Glaze Wines, Pierce, Nevada. Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkus. Instagram at J.R. Makes Drinks. How are you, buddy? Any meetings this week? You got any meetings? Been any meetings? <laughs> Uh, actually, yes, plenty of them, and and I'm tired of them as well. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of running around. My my world is a lot of uh, I I handle a lot of the Venetian and Palazzo, and then a lot of downtown. And there's a lot of back and forth right now, and with the gas prices, it makes a lot of fun. I have a question for you. Um, that's part of an assumption on my end. How many? At what percentage of meetings do you drink at, or have a drink at? Uh. 75% of them. Jeez. Nice. Okay. Wow. Do you need an assistant? <laughs> wow. Is this yeah. like well, tasting no, no, things no, or what no, is this? Or you're just you, all like, sitting around drinking booze? Drink. Yeah, you have a drink, but, you know, do you, like, so in our industry, you, uh, you often, you know, you're not consuming every single thing that you drink. So oh, you may have it. Yeah. No, you can, but it can get you into trouble because sometimes for me, it starts at like, you know, eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And that's fine <laughs> if you work. If you, work, if you work graveyard, you know, if you work graveyard and, and you're getting off your shift, you need to have an after a post-shift cocktail. It's a little different than if you're, you know, kind of starting your day. But, yeah, sometimes for me, my first drink um, is, is around 9 o'clock in the morning. But often, you know, it, it depends on what you're doing. Sometimes you're just tasting stuff, and so you, you spit a lot of it out, too, just because if you consumed – if I consumed every bit of alcohol that was put in front of me for work – um, I would be a mess. I would be incredibly heavy, and I would be drunk nearly all the time. And I don't know how I'd get to those meetings that I'd like to bust my chops on because I'm driving back and forth all the time. Jared is just—he's not even going to be an assistant. He is just going to be like—you um, uh, got to finish that. He's going to be like head of waste control <laughs> for Jr. Starkus. Uh, so like when you only take, yeah. yeah, when you only take like two or three drinks there, Jared's going to be there to finish the rest of it. Yeah, you don't want to insult the bartender, so you want to finish the drink. <laughs> Jared's my guy. You know, yeah, but you're it, up at like, you're up at four a.m. on the treadmill. So when you get to nine, it's like you've been up five hours. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I have been up for for you know four or five hours by by nine a.m. But uh, even with that said, like it's still time for maybe a little bit of coffee or or, or something along those lines. Uh, but, maybe, maybe just yeah. a little bit of Jameson in it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you put stuff in coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I know you. You put your stuff in coffee. <laughs> um, do you do you have anything that will cure the Golden Knights? Do you have a magic elixir that will keep them from getting hurt the rest of the season? Um, you know, it's 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 actually kind of embarrassing to, to see what they're what they're going through right now. I mean, every time they turn around, there's something else. I just heard the the Robin Leonard stuff when you guys, you know, 30 minutes ago when Darren was on. Um, it, it's I, I wish I had something for him because uh, it's brutal right now. You would think that with the talent that they have on this team. You know that it, it, it quite honestly, it wouldn't matter who is out because they have they have. I mean, when you if you have a cap problem because you have so many good players that you have a cap problem, it shouldn't matter who's in, who's out. I would think you should be able to uh, win more games than you lose, or a lot more games than you lose over what I hear you guys saying is subpar competition for the league that they're in. Should. So um, I, I don't understand the, um, the the problem here, but I, I don't have anything. My dad's fix for me. I've told you this when I was when I was ill as a young child. It was a shot of brandy. So maybe I suggest Jeez. a little shot of brandy before you get out on the ice and uh, just let it fly. Uh, what drink would you take to Pete DeBoer if you had to tell him that one of his players was injured again? 
Who's the player? <laughs> Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is hurt. Oh, boy. Um, I would probably get him. Oh, God. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like some, something clever that I, w- I would get for him. If Jack Eichel is hurt, um, man, I, I, I don't know. I'll have to think about it and get back to you. I'm sorry. Wouldn't it be something very out, strong? Oh yeah, for sure. It'd be something very strong, especially you know with with Stone out as well. Like uh, that's that's a major problem. So um, yeah, it would definitely be something strong, um, and it would probably, but it would probably be like something based with Canadian whiskey. No, oh Canadian. Okay, ready to go. Jared's putting a lot of thought into this, more thought than I was expecting yeah. from him. All right, yeah, I can't help it. It's part of my the way I, my makeup there. All right, what are you making for us today? So continuing on uh, with, you know, we talked about doing some of those, those fun celebrity brands that have, that, that have stuff out on the market that you may or may not have heard of that is, is quality, right? Um, so I have recently had the opportunity to work with uh, the group, the team from Puncher's Chance Bourbon, which is owned partially uh, by Bruce Buffer. Um, and, you know, sitting with him, I've had the opportunity to sit with him and discuss some business with him. And. And I not only is the whiskey good, but he's a very astute and sharp businessman. Um, I, you know, I don't think I need to tell anybody that. And that is refreshing to me. Um, and the reason I say that is because it's often that you get with, you know, when you meet some celebrities that, that you know, they, they start a brand. Uh, they start a brand because, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, but they don't really know what goes into it. Um, as far as how to work the market. Remember, I've told you this before, like a lot of celebrities start brands and they think that just their name is going to sell the brand. Um, and, and that's all they have to do. And, and that's could, nothing could be further from the truth. You have to have quality juice and you have to be able to put your neck out there and work for the brand. Um, and if you're going to do it, be a spokesperson for it. And he, his, he, has been a, he is that 100%. Um, not only that, but the juice is it, it, it's, it's fantastic, right? There's Two SKUs, Puncher's Chance, and then another one called The Distance. Uh, Puncher's Chance is, you know, a five- to six-year-old bourbon um, that, that is, you know, entry-level, really, really great 90-proof bourbon that, you know, everybody can afford. It's probably $30, $32 in the grocery store or liquor store, something like that. Um, and with all of the bourbons that are currently out of stock because of, you know, shipping and delay issues, um, it, this is an easy one and a fun one, and I think you should definitely give it a shot and try it. Um, as, as something that could potentially be, um, you know, your next favorite or, or at least have a spot on your home bar. It's really great. The distance is a little more high end. That's um, more around, you know, $100, $120 a bottle retail. Um, it's a 12-year-old bourbon that has been finished in red wine casks, and it's very limited release. About 1,000 cases a year are released. And so it's, it's lesser something you want to build into a cocktail and something more that you want to um, potentially enjoy neat or over ice. Um, just to kind of sip and savor that particular whiskey. Um, but for today's drink, I thought I would use Puncher's Chance, obviously the tie to UFC and all of the things that we have here in Las Vegas. Um, it, it made sense. Uh, so it's going to be a shaken cocktail, kind of long, and it's a bit of a play on like the classic whiskey and ginger that a lot of people order, uh, but making it more into a cocktail. So in a mixing tin, we're going to add an ounce and a half of Puncher's Chance bourbon. We're going to add a quarter ounce of Luxardo Maraschino liqueur. It's, that's an Italian cherry liqueur. Um, it, it's gonna, you don't want to add too much of the Luxardo Maraschino quarter ounce. It's plenty. This, 
when you buy a bottle of Luxardo Maraschino, it will last you a while. A little bit goes a long way, so be careful when you use it. Um, but it adds a beautiful accent to this and plays nicely with the bourbon. Going to add an ounce and a half of fresh lemon sour. We've done this a thousand times. It's equal parts simple syrup and fresh lemon juice. A uh, couple dashes of an orange bitter. Uh, whatever orange bitters you so desire, um, you know, Angostura makes one. There's another company out there called Australian. Any orange bitters, a couple dashes of, uh, of orange bitters. Take those ingredients, add ice, and shake the drink. After you shake, you're going to top the drink in the mixing tin with Fever Treat Spiced Orange Ginger Ale. Okay? Now, if you don't have spiced orange ginger ale, or you can use regular Fever Treat Ginger Ale, but the spiced orange ginger ale adds a nice uh, a, additional lift to the cocktail. The regular ginger ale will work as well. Um, but add the spiced orange ginger ale to the mixture and then strain over fresh ice into a tall glass, something um, that, you know, again, is in tall in form, holds 12 to 14 ounces. Garnish it with maybe a, a, a Luxardo cherry, if you so desire, or I did a couple orange wheels um, or lemon wheels. Either one will work. I did orange myself um, and place them right inside of the glass and enjoy a really great uh, bourbon cocktail using Puncher's Chance, a bourbon you probably haven't heard of, but a bourbon you should definitely check out at the store uh, and add to your arsenal at, at home. You'll enjoy this news. I think we might actually be close to getting uh, Major League Baseball back. Oh, yeah. What did they say right the now? Draft. They've, they've agreed on an international draft, or at least they've agreed to a timeline to negotiate how they're going to do an international draft and push that to a side. And they are like, Less than like $10 million apart on the luxury tax for all five years. So there's a chance. And John Morosi apparently said on MLB Network that there could be a deal done today and free agency open tonight. That's incredible. Well, it would be nice to see that $10 million split in half and just call it a day. Um, and I haven't heard anything about taking care of the minor league players, which is the frustrating part to me. Those minor league players work their butt off and get like $500 a week, which is awful. Uh, so it would be nice to see that as part of the negotiating uh, in the future to take care of the guys in the minor leagues that are working their butt off to make their way to the, to the pro clubs, just to be like, you know, above poverty. <laughs> so, uh, good, Jerry. Oh, no, I was just going to ask. Uh, so uh, JR, there's some world news going on and let's just say you wanted to stop drinking a certain Russian spirit. Is there a good, like Polish vodka <laughs> that we could get, or maybe Ukrainian <laughs> vodka we could uh, look at? You know, it's funny. Uh, so Polish, yes, Chopin. Um, and I am actually, for next week, I am going to do a drink that is kind of, uh, I'm going to do something that is, is appropriate for St. Patty's Day, but, uh, but, but I'm actually going to use Stoli Vodka. And the reason I'm going to use Stoli Vodka is because people think it's Russian. It is not Russian. It's from Latvia. And their bottles are actually made in the Ukraine. And so uh, I, I thought I was going to, I'm going to use that next week and tell a little story about Stoli Vodka, kind of get people in the right about uh, where vodkas are actually coming from. He teases his own segments, Look ladies and gentlemen. Look at Man, that. That's right. the best. J.R. Starkus, extreme, extreme mixologist. Extreme, not just a mixologist. <laughs> He's the extreme. You're going to have this up on Instagram? I sure will, gents. All right. All right. At JR Makes Drinks, JR, at JR Starkus on Twitter. All right. Be well and keep listening because there might be a baseball uh, negotiation uh, finality. You got me, buddy. You got me. I'm there. Take care. Bye. All right. I need to there tell you is. something funny right yeah. now. Jeff Passan, uh, ESPN baseball reporter, got his Twitter account hacked. He His account has been stolen by uh, somebody that's promoting NFTs. 
Excellent. Okay, was that was that update from the hacked account? No, 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 no. That update was from different different baseball reporters. But yeah, J- Jeff Passan's most recent tweet is pre-sale spot giveaway. Hey, Skulls, I have partnered with Skulltoons NFT to give away 20 pre-sale spots for their upcoming launch. Yeah, that's yeah, it no. seems legit. Yeah, that's not that's not, <laughs> him. that's not him. He probably has a few more things to be worried about covering uh, than that. Yeah, his bio now says NFT enthusiast, MLB insider, father, husband, mod for Skulltoons NFT. Yeah. All right. Are you sure it's been hacked? <laughs> this is 100% Jeff Passon's account. One hundred percent. No, I'm saying, he's like, saying are, you, are you sure it's been hacked? Yeah, like oh. maybe he's just taking some money on the side. Yeah, he waited until right until baseball was about to announce they were coming back to start promoting this weird NFT. Hey, he waited right until he had the most amount of people, most amount of eyes. Um, I the the account has been locked and unlocked multiple times. Like it's gone private and then been un, made unprivate a couple of times, and it's also deleted a tweet a few times. So. Jeff yeah, is, he's been hacked. He is fighting for his life trying to get his account back, and I, I think I think he lost here. I think that happened. So, Jeff Passan, too. Yes. Some guy just tweeted, Jeff Passan's Twitter being hacked is honestly such a great chapter to whatever book gets written about this entire mess. <laughs> Somebody else tweeted. Chapter uh, 17, Jeff Passan's Twitter gets hacked. Someone said, did Anthony Rizzo just hack Jeff Passan? <laughs> Somebody else said, full disclosure, the uh, – Council of Baseball Writers took a vote, and we threw Jeff Passan into an NFT volcano as a sacrifice <laughs> to get baseball back. He will be missed. So uh, if you see news about the MLB lockout, and it's from Jeff Passan on Twitter, maybe don't believe it for the time being. Find somebody else, because What's, Jeff Passan is now... But if you do, now, if you get news from him about NFTs, it might, it's probably you, that's real. probably legit. It's probably real if it's about NFTs. What's the uh, next step when something like that happens? I have Do you have no to idea. recreate? Do you have to contact Twitter? Well, if you got a blue well, check mark, I assume yeah. you just call Twitter. He's got a check mark. He's got 800,000 followers. Right. I have to imagine Twitter will help him out. Okay. If it was like me, I just have what? to create a new account. You'd, you'd create something. Right. Like if Jared just lost his, if somebody just stole his account, Jared just has to, that, that happened to you, didn't it? Yeah, that, that was originally the reason I didn't have at Jared Justice was because uh, an ex-person of mine uh hacked my uh twitter account yeah fun story so there you go all right coming up next it's bischoff's briefs bischoff's briefs son i didn't understand a word you just said bischoff's briefs hey thanks that is not a compliment ah i disagree bischoff's briefs okay well that was just a list of complete nonsense but you're not totally wrong bischoff's briefs Mountain West Tournament here in Las Vegas. The men's side got kicked off yesterday. Actually, let me ask you this. We saw Nevada, Utah State, and Fresno State all win yesterday. Fresno State needed overtime to beat San Jose State. Not ideal. Um, Of those three, you think any of them are pulling off an upset today? Mm, It's a good one. I think Fresno State has a chance given how they played Sandy's. They should have won in Viejas last week. The only thing's going to be you played late. Now, they do get 24 hours because they, they did a play overtime. So, you know, how, how will their legs be the next day? Um, and I'll say this, Nevada might have a chance, given what Mark Ziegler told us earlier in the day. And I think Shaver's uh, sick. He didn't he didn't come with the team. I think he arrived last night. So depending on how sick he is, you know, Sherfield's a great offensive player. Um, Nevada might have a chance. I, I agree with Ziegler. I don't think they're all getting through. 
I don't no. think all the top seeds are getting through. I would be surprised I mean, if the it's higher one through seeds. four. Yeah, yeah I'd be surprised seeds. if it's one through four yeah. for the uh, semifinals. I'll be right. disappointed if if we have multiple upsets. Like, I don't. I, I told you yesterday. I want to see the good teams play in the semis. Don't give me Utah State. Utah State's no. fine. There's nothing wrong with Utah State, but come on, don't give me Utah State. Give me Do you want all four? State. Yeah, I, I mean UNLV or Wyoming. It's either one's fine, but the of the other three matchups, I'd rather see the higher seeds win just because it's right. more fun. Those are the better teams. The thing with Utah State, though, um, do you have have I told you about Ken Palm's luck ranking before? I think so. So basically, yeah. for anybody that doesn't know, Ken Palm does a luck ranking, and and essentially what it is is based on your offensive and defensive efficiency. Ken Palm will basically have a, hey, this is what your record should be, right? Your offensive and defensive efficiency against your strength of schedule, this is what your record should be. And the luck factor takes into account how different your record is from your actual or from what your expected record should be. Utah State this year ranks 354th in Ken Palm luck. There's 358 teams. Oh. Now, generally speaking, this is simply a measure of teams that win or lose a bunch of close games. Utah State has lost a bunch of close games. Now, for example, uh, Providence is the luckiest team in the country. They are 24-4. and four. They have won. They are 3-0 and oh in overtime this year, Providence is. So Utah State is a team that absolutely is better than their, what, 17-14 and 14 record, record, better yeah. than their 8-10, and 10, right? They lost an overtime game to Wyoming. They have a couple. They had a three-point loss to Boise State at one point. They had a two-point loss to Wyoming, a five-point loss to Colorado State, two-point loss to Air Force. Like, they have a bunch of close losses to pretty good teams. They even lost to St. Mary's by two in the Mm non-conference. They have a lot of close losses to the good teams in this conference. And generally speaking, that team's got a good chance to actually turn it around and win a close game against one of these good teams as well. So... Utah State maybe. Ken Who's Palm? the luckiest team in the Mountain West? Um, oh, that's a good question. I'll have to look that up for you really quick. Um, Ken Palm, by the way, has Colorado State beating Utah State by a single point. Okay. Uh, luckiest team is Colorado State. They're okay. the fourth luckiest in the entire Won country. a lot of close ones. Yeah, a lot of close wins for Colorado State. So, yeah. they. Uh, this said is the fourth? Yeah, fourth in the entire country. Wow. They have uh, been very good. Wyoming comes in 47th in luck. Air Force 52nd. UNLV right in the middle at 194. Okay. They they are what they are, right. basically. So that's uh I always like looking at the luck stat. Now, I do have an important question for you. Do you believe Kevin Kruger is a UNLV lifer? Oh I thought his dad might be. And then Oklahoma opened up the checkbook. So um Chris Murray, who covers Sports for the Nevada Sports for Nevada Sportsnet. He right. wrote a story basically going through each coach in the Mountain West and putting a percentage chance that they are not at their school next season. So that's a combination of will this guy get fired or will this guy Move leave on. to take a better job, right? Both of those are at play here. The interesting part that he wrote was that nobody's really likely to get fired because more than half the league's coaches are in their first or second year. Uh, the most likely coach he had getting fired was Justin Hudson at Fresno State, but even that is four years. They've been 
solid well, under Hudson. They right? win tonight. He's not getting Yeah, fired. they haven't done anything like NCAA right. tournament-wise, but they haven't been bad. So that's that was the only guy that he really picked out as a possible, hey, that guy could get fired, and even that seems unlikely. So the rest of this is more about guys getting poached, and the two guys that he had at the highest percentage were Nico Medved at Colorado State and Jeff Lender. He put them both at 20% that they would get poached. Um, Lender, this is only his second season at Wyoming. They've been good. But they might not make the NCAA tournament. Might not make the second round. I'd have a hard time believing they get uh, taken, or he gets right. taken, I should say, if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament. Nico Medved, he's been very good in four years at Colorado State. Maybe he gets poached, right? If they, Especially if they were to go on a run to the Sweet 16 or something like that in the NCAA tournament. The interesting part on Nico Medved is, and again, it depends on what offers he has. If I'm him, if I know Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy are coming back, I'm very willing to come right. back to Colorado State. Right. If for whatever reason, you know, those two are gone, if they go pro or they're transferring route, if those two are leaving, I'm leaving too right. if I have an offer. Like, I'm right. like, hey, this worked out very well for me. It's similar to what Eric Musselman did uh, with the Martin Twins sure. at Nevada. He got got in great recruits, and they weren't the only two good recruits he brought in, or transfers, I should say. They weren't the only two good transfers they brought in. But once they were done, Eric Musselman was like, all right, who's offering me a job? I'm taking See Arkansas and all the money. Because this is not going to be pretty next year if I stick around. And that brings us to Kevin Kruger. Uh, 1% chance that Kevin Kruger would not be the head coach at UNLV next year, which is basically saying there's a 1% chance another school would come in and offer him some money. Because well, I don't think that's going to happen. He's not getting fired right now. No. I It'd be highly unlikely that he gets hired away at this moment. It'd be highly unlikely he'd even get hired away next year, right. even if the team was really good. But again, do you believe he's a lifer? And the reason I ask that is because obviously we've seen UNLV lose lots of coaches to power conferences. Whether or not they've actually had success or even coached a game uh, hasn't seemed to matter. But there is, and, and I'll paint with a broad brush, but on Twitter, a lot of UNLV fans that seem to think Kevin Kruger is a UNLV lifer. And when Desiree Reed Francois hired him, part of part of her reasoning was he wants to be here. That was the phrase she used. He wants to be here, which was a little bit of a shot at Otzelberger for leaving for Iowa State. But I do wonder how much success can he immediately have. left. She did. She did not want to be here. Um, how much we believe Kruger would stay at UNLV? Would he turn down more money to go to a lower Power Five job? Right. I think obviously if he's awesome here for a couple of years and like a blue blood said, eh, we like that guy. Obviously they're not competing. If you know, Kentucky moves, one and a half million, yeah, two million Calipari million, retires right. and Kentucky right. says we like Kevin Kruger, but the Iowa States of the world, the Texas techs of the right. world, like would he leave for one of those jobs? I think it's a curious question, especially depending on how much success he actually has. Cause conceivably you have to have a lot of success to get hired away. I know that didn't happen with Otzelberger, but conceivably you have to have yeah. a lot of success and if he does have a lot of success, UNLV potentially says, hey, we'll pay you a lot of money too. Maybe it's a little bit less than what Arizona State is offering or Oregon State, whatever this he low. played to, at Arizona State. Yeah, low to mid-level Power 5 is offering. But, hey, we'll offer you you know $200,000 less. But, hey, you like Las Vegas, don't you? That, I think, is where UNLV's yeah. hope would be if a lower-level team came calling. All right, coming up next, we're going to jump back into the NFL and the Russell Wilson trade as Larry Stone joins us from Seattle. 
everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, you gotta be unlimited. You know, you gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. On ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now, columnist for the Seattle Times, is Larry Stone. And Larry, I'm wondering if you can help us out a little bit. The trade of Russell Wilson, how much of that happened because Russell Wilson wanted out versus the Seahawks doing, hey, this is what's best for our franchise right now? Uh, Hi, guys. Um, I I think it was a combination of both, to be honest. I don't think it would have happened if if Russell hadn't agitated towards this outcome. But I think when uh, you know Rogers signed for fifty million a year, and they knew they were facing their negotiations with Russell Wilson uh, in the, the you know his contract's up in two years, so that you start the negotiations a year out. So next off season, this was going to be consuming the, the organization. It was going to hang over them all year. They didn't want to give him fifty million dollars at this stage of his career. Uh, plus the fact that there's been a un, undeniable tension uh, really for the past two years uh, hanging over them. Uh, I just think it, that that it became sort of their in their minds the the, the best the best outcome rather than keeping this uh, hanging over their heads. You know, the counterpoint to that is now you don't have a quarterback. You know, it sounds good in theory, but you you traded a, an elite quarterback and you don't have one. So it, that's going to be something that, that that makes it a huge gamble that will they'll have to figure out something to do with that quarterback position or or this could really. You know, as I wrote the other day, this could be their albatross. Larry, uh, on our outside looking in, we said, boy, that's a kind of a haul they picked up there, and uh, Denver gave up a lot. We'll <laughs> see how Russell plays, because if he plays great and they go to the playoffs and do something, then it's fine for them. On the Seattle side of things, what what did you gather their opinion back on what they actually got for him? Well, I mean, I, I don't I, – I, here I think a lot of people think they didn't get enough. And and the thing to remember is, is they were they were limited – in the fact that Russell had a no-trade clause. And by all accounts, they would have gotten much more from other teams, specifically uh, Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, but he said no. Uh, Russell said no. He, didn't, he wanted to go to Denver. So this, uh, this is kind of reminiscent of when they traded Ken Griffey Jr., which is the only trade of this magnitude in Seattle sports history. Griffey said he only wanted to go to Cincinnati, so Pat Gillick, the general manager, could only negotiate with Cincinnati for for a player of Griffey's caliber, and it was similar here. They were, if they wanted to trade him, they had to trade him to Denver, and I think that limited what they were able to get. But that said, you know they they were really depleted in, in draft picks. They didn't have a number one for the second year in a row because of the Jamal Adams trade. So now they have a number one this year and next year, and two number twos, and plus they got some some talent along with it, some some useful players. So. Uh, I wouldn't call it a haul, but I think they did. I think they it, it, they weren't. It wasn't a highway robbery either. You know, it, it, depending on how the draft picks turn out, uh, it could be. It could turn out to be a real good trade for them, just personnel wise. The fan base still like Russell Wilson right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're mixed. You know, uh, on the same day. You know, talk about a, a news, a heavy news day. It, it, early evening, word leaked out that they had released Bobby Wagner, so, you know, the, the other Hall of Famer on their roster. 
And uh, I saw a couple of Twitter polls on who are you going to miss more, uh, Bobby Wagner <laughs> or Russell Wilson. And it was 75-25 on two different polls with you know, pushing 5,000 votes uh, in Wagner's favor. That You know, everybody appreciates what Russell did. He turned this franchise around. He's the best thing that ever happened to him. He was the best quarterback they ever had, won him a Super Bowl, almost won him a second. But I think people kind of soured on him towards the end because, uh, you know, you played that uh, Mr. Unlimited clip. He, he he just started getting a little bit bizarre. Uh, with his, <laughs> I mean, just a little weird. Uh, kind of, you know, some would say diva-like. Uh, and then with his uh, dissatisfaction, uh, the fact that they, you know, <laughs> what have you done for me lately? They were 7-10 and 10 last year. Uh, I think there was a little bit of turning on Russell, but you know he'll one day he'll come back and go into the Ring of Honor and get you know a huge ovation. He, he'll he'll be he'll be beloved in in posterity, but in the in the real time, uh, there was a little bit of a souring, I would say. Uh, seems like maybe uh, because of uh, the wife, he went a little Hollywood. It seemed that way, didn't it? Yes. Uh, you know the videos, the staged photos, the the constant appearances on on shows and things like that. Uh, it, I think that was that was the perception. Um, I'm curious how trading Russell Wilson and the potential of a rebuild here. How does that line up with Pete Carroll being in his seventies? <laughs> like, is he is he in this for a handful of years to see this through, or or is this kind of going to be the end of Pete Carroll in Seattle pretty quickly? Well, that's that's one of the one of the burning questions. He's I mean he's seventy going on on thirty. He's, he's got <laughs> more energy than than anybody half his age, uh, and he will you know he has not spoken. We don't know where <laughs> yet. They, the, the trade's not official, so they can't talk about it yet. So you know we don't know what, what he's going to say. But I I can almost predict that he's going to say we're not rebuilding. Uh, you know, he said at the end of last year, after that seven and ten season, that we we have a championship nu- nucleus, and we're not we're not stepping back at all. We're going for it, and you know now they don't have the championship quarterback, uh, but uh, I think that he will his stance will be we're we're still trying to win now, even without Russell Wilson. And I mean, he, he just got a five year contract extension that carries him through I think seventy seventy five age. Uh, so, I mean, he's in it for the long haul unless ownership decides he's not in it for the long haul. And ownership is kind of murky as well. You know, after Paul Allen died a couple of years ago, his sister uh, is now running the team and she's has yet to make any public uh, appearances, no, you know, no interviews or anything. So no one really knows what her, her mindset is, but she seems to be on board with, uh, with Pete. And I mean, she, signed off on an extension to Pete and the general manager, John Schneider. So, um, you know, I, I honestly, unless it completely disintegrates this year and they have like a three and 14 year or something like that, I don't think he's going anywhere. So would you be more of the opinion knowing him as you do, uh, to just go out and maybe well, Kirk cousins is, uh, out there at Garoppolo. I mean, we always talk about Derek Carr that it would be a trade more likely than maybe just get a year bridge guy and actually take a quarterback in this draft. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I, I don't think they're going to go with Drew Locke, although I keep hearing that they're they like Drew Locke more than most people like Drew Locke. Oh and, boy, you know, <laughs> I know. <it's> a, a, <laughs> I I would be shocked if he's their quarterback, but it's within the realm of possibility. 
there are a couple of uh, intriguing draft guys, uh, particularly uh, the, the the guy out of uh, Liberty, Willis, um, who kind of a lot of, reminds a lot of people of Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, he started as a rookie, uh, third round draft pick, kind of unheralded. You know, Pete might see this guy as his next Russell Wilson. But I think the more likely uh, option is they do get a maybe they draft a quarterback, but get a get a, a, a space holder veteran. You know, a Garoppolo. I mean, Derek Carr's name's been kicked around. Uh, you guys would know more about that than me uh, if they're going to trade him or not. Um, uh, somebody like that, perhaps. Maybe Jordan Love, now that Rodgers is settled there in, in Green Bay. Uh, that that kind of thing. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, who went to Washington State, would be popular here. You know, he's, he's got intriguing uh, numbers, at least. <laughs> I, I don't see him as a championship-level quarterback. But, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, is he going to be on the market? Guys like that. So, I mean, it's a, there's so many ways they could go. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's name has been kicked around. Uh I think there'd be a lot of backlash if they did that, but uh, you know that's a, another possibility. So Ed has reported exclusively that Marcus Mariota is uh, big. Is <laughs> there anything about DK Metcalf that you can tell us exclusively? <laughs> He's big too. Uh, I can tell you this, oh, and, and Marcus Mariota is another name that I forgot to mention too. Um, I, I was at the All-Star Game in Colorado this year, and he was in the Metcalf was in the home run hitting contest, or not home run, excuse me, celebrity softball game, and he he struck out on three pitches in a in a slow pitch softball game and looked as bad with a baseball bat as anyone I've ever seen. So there's your inside DK Metcalf <laughs> scoop. All right, before we let you go, I do need to ask you: Are the Seattle Sounders going to win the Concacaf Champions League? <laughs> Man. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, they haven't scored a goal in MLS play this year in two in two games, and and this was they were supposed to be an offensive powerhouse, but in the Concacaf they've been they've been uh, blowing teams away. So uh, I'm going to say yeah, they have a good shot at. It. There we go. All right, MLS is uh, they've been beaten up on League MX so far for the first time in Concacaf Champions League. All right, he is Larry Stone with the Seattle Times. We appreciate it. Your, uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank, Thank you, Larry. I right. appreciate it. My pleasure. Take sure. care. So there is Larry Stone. Of course, got to ask him a soccer question. It's yeah. the it's the Seahawks and the Sounders in Seattle. That's all that matters. They beat uh, Leon three nothing. They last have a week. baseball team. They're not any good, Jared, and they don't. Spend they might any money. one day have whoa, a basketball whoa, whoa. team again. The first ten games of the season. They were good. Oh, they are historically they, they, always good. They were good the last month of the season. They were in the playoff race. They had one of like the most fun post or regular season games where they what was it? The Angels. They came from behind to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. But they're not. They're not. It's not a real baseball team. Come on, it's the Mariners. They do play really well early. Well, this season they might play really well early in May because the season <laughs> might be starting. In early is going to be October. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they're going to win the World first Series first week of October. Seattle's going to be a hell of a baseball team. <laughs> All right. We've got tickets to the Mountain West Tournament Championship game for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You want a pair of tickets to go out to the Tournament Championship game on Saturday at the Thomas and Mac. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 11. And another money shot going down for Tyler Hero. You're locked in the press box. Did you find the one Miami Heat highlight that existed Darn from right. their 90-point loss 
It's a money shot. Money shot. Yeah. What, were they down 30 when he made that? I think it was the first quarter. Yeah. Still probably down 30. Um, okay. Congratulations to Cameron. He won a pair of tickets to go to the Mountain West Championship game on Saturday. But now, very excited for this part of the show. We have a bird update from the Grainy household. Yeah. Got two birds yesterday in a huge cage. Then, she bought birds. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> then um, went to a uh, pet store to get all their toys, their food, the gravel, nice. all the oh things they need goodness. to have a wonderful life. Uh, the uh, Their perches with the... Uh, um, rough stuff on it to get their claws down. Oh, yeah, we think of everything at the house. And this morning she named them the, uh, male and female, River and Sky. Oh, good names. Good names. Those are solid names. Those, Those are, solid are names. good names. The, they were so happy yesterday because I don't think since we bought them they had eaten in six months uh, from where they came from. <laughs> where did you so, Jesus Christ. So, so where they, are you guys shopping so, for pets? They spent the first two hours just eating everything. Um so they were happy. So birds are happy. Birds are going to make noises now. The UNLV game was on last night, and I'm switching back between the Lakers. I don't want to hear the birds. So the minute that sun, <laughs> the minute the sun went down, I you know you cover birds at night, and I don't think they've ever been covered because they went to sleep right away. When you cover the birds, they think it's nighttime, and you know they go to sleep right away. They sleep the whole night. Um, so covered them up right as the sun went down. They didn't make a noise during either of the basketball games. And then when I got up this morning to come to the show, took the cover off, and they started chirping again, But which I didn't mind because I was leaving anyway. So if they woke someone up, what does it matter to me? I don't care. Yeah. So they're very happy birds. River and sky, they're very happy. All right. I have never owned birds or nursed pigeons back to health like uh, you like have. My your, wife. Your family has? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. I shouldn't say yeah, you. Yeah, don't say me. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with a pet bird? You try to tame them, these birds... And we've already kind of, you put your hand in slowly with food, they'll eat off it, but they, they're very skittish at first. If you can train them enough to go on your hand, you can bring them out of the cage because they'll always know where the food is to go back. So if you're telling me at some point these birds are flying around our house, I won't like right. even blink. Okay. That's as far as you pretty much go. Yeah. And then they know where to go back to because right. they're hungry. Yeah. yeah. That takes a while. There. Takes okay. a while. All right. Seems yeah. seems interesting. Yeah, I, it seems interesting. I I wouldn't mind birds flying around my house. That'd be, <laughs> be, be kind of cool. fun. Yeah. If I had birds just flying around, yes. I'd be horrified to open the door. I would be like barely opening it and trying to squeeze out without opening it because they, no, there goes the bird and he's gone forever. <laughs> like I'd be horrified of that. I don't know how I would feel about the constant chirping. During the day, it they're very happy, and if they're chirping, they're happy. And with what my wife does for them, they might be the two happiest birds in Las Vegas right now. As much she gives them toys, things to walk on, everything. They they want for nothing at our house. Um, what kind of toys do birds play with? Uh, bells. They like to they like to spin the bells and make noise. So shiny objects. Yes. Okay. Um, I when we do shows with one of us on Clean Feed, I I think the show's a little bit worse. I don't prefer doing it on Clean Feed. I'm going to need you to do a show from your house on clean feet right next just to birds? these birds in the background. <laughs> just constant chirping, whatever these bells are. Like, we kind of need this. I mean, they're not going to care that the show's on. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> so if you want constant chirping, you will get constant chirping. We're just going to hear in the stop. background, get the blanket. In fact, if they hear voices, they're more apt to chirp because they know people are around. Wow. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's very exciting. She went from... Two days ago, being completely depressed. To yesterday, open the door. Tristan and I are bringing in the birds in the cages. <laughs> so I had to open the door, and these huge cages came in with birds in them. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you sent us a picture of the birds' cages, and I'm like, that's nicer than my apartment. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, do you know what kind of birds they are? They're parakeets. Parakeets. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know anything about birds, but I just didn't know how, like, big into the we want that specific breed of bird versus, yeah, just give us oh, some birds. Small. They're small, yeah. so they'll... Uh, but they'll, we don't really know how old they are. The The male seems older than the female. I don't know how she can tell that, but she can tell anything about a bird. Uh, but she's going to Just get, looking at them? Just by looking at them, she can well, tell. Well, you cut them in half and you count the rings. <laughs> um, but she will get to the point where they're around the house. There's no question she'll tame them to that point. I, I mean, I that sounds kind of cool, to be honest with you. It's cool if they know where to go back to. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't right. want them. You don't want them just out. Yeah, just hiding under your bed or <laughs> no, something. No, exactly. And then in the middle of night, they start chirping and wake right. you up. You don't want that. But yeah, always feed them in the cage, and they'll they'll go back. They'll yeah, go back. Yeah, I mean, assuming they're you keep the door open, they'll go back because they're, they're hungry. They're smarter than dogs, aren't they? Dogs dogs yes. get trained with food all the time. I'm sure they're you can... pretty. They're pretty smart once you tame them. I mean, okay. I'm just like I'm thinking relative head size. <laughs> the brain cannot be that big. <laughs> Eh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. No big deal. I'm yeah. I'm excited for this. Birds in that. You guys have not had birds in the house like this before, right? Sure, we have. You've had. Pet, oh yeah, we've like had a pet had, bird. Yeah. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. how long do birds live? A long time. Like thirty years. A long time. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, that's why we're not really sure how old the one is. Um, the female, which I assume is Sky, she named it. What she named? River and Sky assume the, the male is river and Do the you? female is sky. I was going to go the opposite way. Really? Yeah, but I think that's because I went to school with a girl named Rivers. Oh. oh. See, and okay. I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know, the, the what's his name? The Phoenix brother. Who? The, oh, uh, River Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dude. Yeah. Who the hell is River Phoenix? He's an actor. Or was it? I thought that guy's name was Joaquin. Joaquin. Yeah, yeah, River is no longer with us. Oh, he's dead? Uh, but Joaquin's the great actor. Academy Award. Are winner. they related? The Joker. Yes, they're brothers. Okay. That's right. How do you... You got River and Joaquin. You don't think those two are... I was like, these are some weird names and a weird and a pretty fun last name. There's a lot going on there. All right. I look forward to the bird chirping from the Ed Graney household at some point in the future.